1: The show goes on. This is the official show on the Fish Stripes podcast channel with me, Eli Sussman, the managing editor of Fish Stripes, where we cover your Miami Marlins every day in our own way. One more show of appreciation for everybody that helped us reach 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, allowing us to be partnered with YouTube officially. That means a whole lot to the growth of our site. You can find us anywhere that you are on social media, pretty much almost everywhere, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Just search for Fish Stripes, and you'll find us there. Unique content on each of those platforms. A new initiative we're working on now is the Super Follows feature on Twitter. That's where we have our biggest reach, and that's where we're going to continue to provide new exclusive content for those that are interested in a paid subscription, just $2.99 a month there on Twitter. We'll be providing you extra information prior to every single Marlins games. We'll be providing you um, opportunities to be featured on our series-by-series Predictions on Fish stripes Live. You can participate in those directly in a way that you ordinarily would not be able to. We're going to have super follower only giveaways the rest of the season and beyond, and a whole lot more. There are details about that up on fishstripes.com and on the Twitter profile itself when you s- select for information about the super follow feature. So please consider that another way of supporting us there. Fishstripes.com, the main site, the mothership. That's where you get. Info about everything that we have going on and full coverage of the Marlins from analysis on the major league and prospect side, historical context, our unique reporting, our interviews with players and everybody else around the team that has interesting insight, opinion pieces from myself and others, etc. All that good stuff. Fishstripes.com.
2: Go to fishstripes.com.
1: With most of this show, I'm going to turn it over to our draft night live stream, reacting to the Marlins' first round pick, number six overall pivotal decision for this Marlins future and something that historically they've done a pretty good job at selecting what we think are the most deserving players at their draft positions. So hopefully, knock on wood, that pans out, but we had plenty of reaction to that on our roundtable live stream fish stripes live format so you could check out the full show on YouTube or afterwards or you could just enjoy this portion of it where we reacted to the pick and the aftermath of it all the consequences and the ripple effects right before that we'll go into the small pod portion have to at least acknowledge this past weekend series, a demoralizing three-game set for the Marlins against the Phillies, outscored 16-1 to at Lone Depot Park, chasing a team that's directly ahead of them in the National League wildcard race. So we'll go into my takeaways from each of those three days, as well as some other news and notes from around the Marlins organization and my fish prospects of the week. Stick with us. Friday's series opener, the debut of Sandy's Beach in Section 22 at Lone Depot Park. And the ace himself was as good as advertised. Watching that game play out, man, the first two times through the lineup, he looked as sharp as he had in any outing, maybe of his entire Marlins career. And he finishes with 12 strikeouts in this game. His changeup especially was on another level. 16 whiffs on a changeup alone in a single start. He is just a treat to watch. Every start is a little bit different. And yet, in some ways, every start is pretty similar. It gives you length. he gives you quality of performance. And in this one, unfortunately, it just was not enough. The Phillies win it 2-1. to one. Despite a sacrifice fly by Brian De La Cruz in the bottom of the second inning,
0: one old pitch from Gibson is into center field. Moniac is there to make the catch. Shami Garcia tags, throw is off the mark. A sack fly
1: that's going to be significant in just a few minutes. Gave the Marlins the lead early on. Sandy ultimately takes the very tough loss because in the seventh inning, the Phillies strung together a bit of a rally with RBIs by Derek Hall and by old friend JT Real Muto. Jorge Soler's return from the injured list. It was hopeful that that was going to elevate the Marlins' offense to some degree, and it did not. So Soler drew a walk in this game, but was otherwise very quiet in his return to the lineup for the Marlins coming off the injured list. Then on Saturday, Max Meyer Day, highly anticipated debut of the Marlins' number two overall prospect and former first-round draft pick. He was sort of close to advertised in this game, in my opinion. I was expecting him to do a little bit better with the damage control. I thought he would, in tough situations, be willing to pitch around batters rather than challenging them, and he got into a little trouble with just leaving pitches over the middle of the plate. His final line was five earned runs allowed in five and a third innings. That was deceiving because a couple of those runs scored were inherited runners by Richard Blyer. That continues to be such a disappointment from Blyer that when he comes into these situations, he's unable to strand guys. The majority of inherited runners by Richard Blyer this year have come around to score 10 out of 18, including the two in this game. So that was plenty of offense for the Phillies because the Marlins were shut out. 10 to nothing, tied for their most lopsided loss the entire season. On the bright side, this game ended just in time for Yeri Perez to make his appearance in the Futures game out at Dodger Stadium. I think by anybody's estimation, he was the very best pitching prospect involved in the game. The only reason he didn't start is because they gave the honors to a Dodgers prospect instead. Yuri was phenomenal in the 10 pitches we got to see of him. You can see all 10 of those pitches on fishtripes.com in my article about Yuri. A ground out, a strikeout, a lazy fly ball, hitting 99 miles per hour with his fastball and showing all four of his pitches at some point during that inning. Great to see him continuing to make believers out of the national audience about how special this young man is going to be, hopefully in Miami by this time one year from now and then on Sunday trying to avoid the sweep final game before the all-star break Trevor Rogers on the bump never seems to be able to put it all together this entire season something something goes wrong for him usually in the form of one crooked number in a single inning and in this one it was the fourth inning that went awry for him the Phillies get four runs in that one including a home run from Yairo Munoz, of all people, who I wasn't, to be honest with you, I didn't know he was on the Phillies' active roster, but apparently so. And he gave them some insurance after manufacturing a couple runs prior to that. With Trevor, there were a couple hit batters on sliders down and in. Overall, he gets through six innings. Six innings matches his season high for length in a single outing. Again, the problem is that he allowed those runs, and that was too much for this Marlins offense to uh, overcome. They get shut out again. Overall, remember that Brian Delacruz sack fly. They had not scored since then. They go into the All-Star break on a 25-inning scoreless drought. They came close in the bottom of the ninth with Garrett Cooper, a foot away at most from what would have been a two-run double down the left field line. Just hooked foul too early. Um, a big series from Real Muto, uh, especially in that first game, but he had hits in all three, six for 11 at the plate in these three games, starting a catcher in each of those four extra base hits. When all said and done, seven-game homestand, if you include the Pirates series as well for the Marlins, zero home runs. And that is a franchise first, unfortunately. The only time in franchise history they've gone seven straight games on a single homestand without going deep from the anybody. Yikes. So it drops the Marlins to 43 and 48, entering the All-Star break, which is right around where I would have had them projected entering the season. And it's a little bit better, I guess, than I thought I feared a few weeks ago. But it's probably worse, certainly, than people would have thought entering this week. So understandably, some mixed feelings and most of them pretty bitter. On the rehab front with this team, more reinforcements on the way, especially on the pitching side edward cabrera and jesus Lazardo both had rehab starts on saturday both went three innings and made it look pretty easy pretty efficient in those i would expect at least two more rehab starts from them maybe three Uh, either way you're going to see them back in the big leagues in early august in both cases that's very exciting considering some of the highs that those guys have had in the marlins rotation earlier this year anthony bender as well made his first rehab appearance on sunday and he pitched a scoreless inning for Jupiter. Only a matter of time before he's back. As a reliever, doesn't need to stretch out. That's another interesting candidate for the middle relief innings in their bullpen. We remember what Bender mania was like not all that long ago, so I still have hope of things really clicking for him. My fish prospects of the week. Let's go with, on the pitching side, Zach McCambly, AA Pensacola. McCambly, for a while, was having very disappointing year repeating a level that he finished at last year and that has entirely changed turned around over these last couple starts he was terrific um in his previous one carried a no hitter i think uh through about six innings and a very similar story in this past game setting a new minor league career high with 11 strikeouts and it was his longest outing of the season as well recording a couple outs in the seventh inning
3: two two Hopkins takes a cold third strike,
1: 11 strikeouts for Zach McCamley. That is a professional career high for the righty. On the hitting side, Hitter of the Week, this is going to be a new name for a lot of you, Toby Simmons, another Bahamian player falling in the footsteps of Jazz Chisholm Jr. with DSL Miami in the Dominican Summer League. He's an outfielder, 17 years old, and he was just untouchable this week in the DSL. They play fewer games than the other full season affiliates, so this was in a sample of just five games it was, or only four games. Check out this four game sample from him. Hit 6.15 with a 15.30 OPS. He stole six bases in those four games, as well as four runs batted in, amazing stat stuffing. And his season stats overall are looking fantastic. He's making a strong push to be brought over stateside to the Florida Complex League. Honorable mentions sticking with a Simmons' teammate, Santiago Suarez with DSL Miami. Nearly perfect in his five innings of work. And he's another one, just like Simmons, that for the most part during the summer league has been fantastic. So much so that I think he's going to make a strong push to come Six stateside, Six starts. In the DSL, 0.68 ERA. He's allowed two earned runs in 26 in the third innings. Limiting base runners, it looks pretty legit. Very impressive for Santiago Suarez. And finally, an honorable mention to J.J. Bladé. He is caught fire again. This may be one of his hottest stretches of the season to this point during the series on the road up in Syracuse. Absolutely mashed including getting his season total up to 20 home runs. That is the most in the Marlins organization. He had at least one hit in every game of the series and three of those 20 home runs of this year came during this particular series. People will still point to the batting average and say, ugh, eh, not so great. But I love the other stuff that's part of his offensive game. He is, um, he's really good. (laughs) He's still a really good prospect, one of the best that they have in this organization. Excited to see him push through to the major leagues in the very near future. So, with that being said, here is from Fish Stripes Live my staffers, along with special guest Ian Smith of Prospects Live, a Fish Stripes alum, breaking down the Marlins pick at number six overall. What they could have done, what they missed out on, and what comes next over the next couple days of the draft. So, thanks as always for tuning in to the official show. We'll have a regular episode coming up for you on Thursday, coming out of the All Star break. Enjoy and go fish.
2: All right, Miami's officially on the clock. Elijah Green, go fish. Out of of time that we just spent between picks, we should have our pick in.
3: I swear he's... they don't take a lot uh, Brooks Lee. I swear. Is to Daniel
2: not. is Daniel Alvarez at the at the all at the draft. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I so. On my TV, I think.
1: <laughs> oh
4: yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: There he is. <laughs>
5: he's,
2: yeah. he's always he's always <laughs> at the
5: All Star <laughs> game, man. Every every year, I think for the last few years. Oh man, there right we go, boys. Here we go,
1: boys. Draft picks for the Marlins. Oh, yes. I wanted to take this opportunity to show this. People were very negative about this on Twitter. In in reality, I think relative to these positions, it's like. All right, there were some big misses, a couple big misses. China, look. Really, one massive. I think miss. you can't really assess
4: this until we see JJ Belday in the majors. Yeah, the fact that
1: Max, if anything, has probably improved his prospect stock since. Oh man!
5: So if, if we're just if we're just talking, there's in some group I chats, know. there's a wild name floating around for the Marlins here. I don't I don't know it yet, but it's that's all I'm hearing.
4: Don't say I won't uh, – I like, don't want anything the spoiled. same reaction. I, call call not, yeah, I want place. no can't one talking. Me. I don't want anyone announcing yeah. it for themselves. Mm-hmm. May have I won't say
6: nothing. How about we do what nothing. we planned on doing and have Daniel it. I don't want Daniel hey guys, no, no yeah,
7: have have to break my heart when they take I'll announce it. I'll announce it for you guys. You guys don't find out. I'll announce it for you guys here for the first time.
2: The only thing for me – Turn it. it's, it's off nice. your TVs, turn, turn off conference.
7: everything. I'll bring it to you. I'll bring you the news or the heartbreak.
1: list.
3: He has Kevin Parada and the other guy ahead of Brooks Lee. What a capital,
1: bro. Yeah. Just some background <laughs> info to get people straight. The team has about $10.5 million in their bonus pool. They can spend a little over $11 million without incurring any future draft pick losses. This first Slot value for the 6th overall pick is over $6 million. And I think a lot of these guys on the board, we expect them potentially to go under that slot value. But if they do, this is a huge part of the draft class either way, considering. I think I was just on MLB different.
5: Network, my video, but I wasn't yeah. watching. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the one that he was diving?
5: No, Lee's Grand Slam in the rain.
7: Should we turn off? I mean, Elijah Green's Grand Slam. I'll announce it to you guys. I'll announce it. We have 50 seconds.
3: They have Khalil tomorrow. Watson as the Marlins' best. We have a question for you, Isaac, in the
1: chat. What oh, is boy. a capital?
3: <laughs> a capital has a negative connotation to it. A capital is just not a dope person. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, Hector Noe- Hector Noessi is Noe's, Noe's, a capital inside and out.
0: Oh, Lord <laughs> Almighty. Um, the only thing I want to say about Brooks Lee, because you guys all seem to like him, and I do too, um, is also a switch hitter. My my thing with him is um, the hint tool's amazing. Um, the power, I, I personally, from what I have seen, I would have questions about it getting adjusting to wood bat leagues. But maybe Ian can tell us more there. And then I don't think he sticks at shortstop. I think he comes off shortstop because his fielding is just not that great. So all of that together, um th- I, I really don't think they can miss with this pick. I wouldn't be mad with Lee. I personally wouldn't be mad with Barry. Honestly, um, but we'll see. I mean, honestly, it's up the middle. He has proven that he can at least handle it up the middle. But I think he's going to come off a shortstop. So Alex, they that's can me. I'll see what they do.
3: Do you see them maybe taking Cam Collier here? Possibly. Yeah, they might, and I'd be pissed, bro. They yeah.
4: went to the very end of the clock. The pick is in, but they went to the last second, so they were definitely. No, I don't disgusting. think it's. I personally I, don't put, think it's Collier. Oh, here
7: not. it is. My phone just. Hey, put it. Put, put the music. Wait. Why are they about not on MLB yet? yet. Yeah, they came in. Put Let's get the music on. It's the sixth pick in the 2022 MLB Draft. The Miami Marlins select. Jacob Berry, LSU.
4: Manfred hasn't even announced yet
7: on my screen. Jacob Berry is the pick. Third baseman, do we have Mm. any highlights of Mr.
1: Berry, Eli?
3: That's so fucking stupid. I'll grab some in just a moment, yeah. So um, (laughs) You you
1: know, (laughs) I singled him out as somebody that I did not think would uh, be the right pick here, considering who's Um, available on the board. That's a little disappointing.
7: Hector, tell
1: me about Jacob Berry.
7: What are the Marlins getting with the third baseman from the SEC?
2: Well, let's start with the positives. Um, when you look at Jacob Berry, you're looking at a switch hitter with you know pretty good hit tools. Played high level co- uh, competition at Arizona. Pac-12's got great baseball. And then you know when his head coach left Arizona to LSU, he followed him and still had excellent production. You're looking at a guy with a pretty high hit tool. You're looking at a guy that has some po- uh, does have some power. The second Barry bomb of the day, and boy, he gets all of this one just like the one before. This is more of a line drive. They got out like now like right now it was out of the ballpark but you can still pucker up and kiss that baby goodbye he's gonna do that this year i'm telling you 17 home runs last year 70 rbis at the university of arizona hit for a very high average i know the power there's some power questions you know questions from the left side but there's definitely no questions about the right side you're looking at a guy that will really lean on his bat during the pro you know coming up through the minors because he's pretty limited defensively. I mean, his first year at Arizona, he was mostly used as a DH. So, I mean, that just tells you, you know, what they think about him defensively. You know, first base, you know, kind of like Garrett Cooper, first base DH, you know, doesn't have great wheels. I think he's at best an average runner. But, you know, but this is a guy that they're hoping that can hit, you know, hit 280, you know, 270, 280. Look pretty high. I will say this: he does have a great, um, uh, advanced play discipline. He draws a lot of walks. Didn't strike out a whole lot during his last season at LSU. And I mean, look, it's a LSU plays you know, better competition than just about anybody else. You know, I think you know they're showing a video of him right now with Paul Goldsmith on the MLB Network. I wouldn't say that as a as a what's it called? I wouldn't say that as a comparison. I mean. Let's just get him um, Isaac just compared him to you know switch any Andrew Vaughn I do see that a little bit Um overall I think this is a nice pick for the Marlins I think he can he can be a guy that can quickly get up to the major leagues but it's gonna be because of his bat because he doesn't provide much value outside of the bat
7: yeah um, Ian talk to me um, Hecker just mentioned his limited defensively um, and you got and you mentioned he's not really the best on his left-handed side especially that power. Um, what do you see there, especially defensively, and like what are his weaknesses?
5: I definitely think he's a first base uh, DH only at the next level. Um, he's mm-hmm. talked about as a third baseman and an outfielder a lot, but uh, I think he's definitely going to be a first baseman at the next level. He's, he's going to continue to switch it, I believe, at the beginning. I think a team might maybe try to move him off that if, if the power doesn't come at the pro level. But if he shows power from both sides, it can be a, a dynamic profile, but I think it's going to be a big what-if from that. But it's a true hit tool. He might be a 60-grade 60, a 60 hit tool right now. Uh, he might, I mean, that's saying hitting 280 to 300 at the, at the next level. So if we can get, get that out of Jacob Berry, that'd be exciting.
3: So and- you're mentioning here that he could be a first baseman at the next level. What does this mean for Le'Win? Because this guy's a college guy. We expect him to develop pretty quickly at a quicker pace than a high school guy. So what does this mean for a guy like Le'Win Diaz, who's been in the system for, what, two years already? Should be a major league. Should be a major leaguer?
5: Like, it's Time to show up. universal DH really helps that out. Uh, I yeah. think you can put you can put Barry in DH a lot of yeah, times. Right. I think that's where his bat's going to thrive the most. Um, anyway, so I think that's gotcha. a spot where they can just really just turn him into a pure bat and just really hope that develops into a power a hit power that that you want from him.
0: Uh, yeah, they're they're definitely going to have to coach a lot of offense out of him. We know the Marlins struggles doing that, so we'll see the turnover what happens this year with coaching and minor league development and everything. But what I think Barry looks like Drew Brees. I just realized right now. I think I agree with with Ian that um this guy is is limited defensively. He's going to be probably probably that Garrett Cooper type first base, DH, maybe left field. He can kind of fake it in left field. That would be okay. Uh but man, uh look at the positives. Great great hit tool. This is one of the more more pure college hitters in the draft. Um I th- I think he could still stick as a switch hitter. Um it's just going to be about coaching out more power out of him, especially as he comes into the wood bat league. So I think this guy is okay. Um, It's probably not the pick that everybody expected. It's not the slam dunk that everybody wanted. But I think it's good, and I I think he's going to be fine. So um, I would pump the brakes. He's still just 21 years old. There's a lot of time for this kid still. So I I think we're okay. I I think this pick is okay. Let me just get some video loaded up so that people can uh, see you.
3: He looks like (laughs) Marcana. That's a good Um, one.
7: Alex, where do you rank him prospect-wise for the Marlins? Is he automatically top three? If he is our best hitter now, how is um Jacob Barry? You know, number nineteen in the uh,
3: system. Uh, no, I wouldn't
2: come on <laughs> Isaac. I'm not going He's that probably the well. best team prospect right now. they uh, slot him. They're gonna I, slot I, him I, in as, as probably saying, as but.
5: probably uh the third or fourth Great. best prospect. Maybe
3: the same. Yeah, I,
0: I would probably say top five definitely. I probably if I'm looking at my own rankings, I'd probably put him at number five, personally.
3: <laughs> oh my god. Number five. Who's ahead of him oh. besides
0: Yuri? Oh.
5: Yuri and Meyer. I think, Jose, I think Jose Salas is a better prospect, better pro prospect. Than
0: Jose David Salas Berry. is him. Yeah, yeah him. Yuri, Meyer, Salas, and Eater would be ahead of him for me.
1: My gut would say he's fourth in the system ahead of Eater. But,
0: yeah. I think so.
2: All right. Um, you guys got, you
0: got sleep on Eater, man. This guy's going to come not, back. No, Damn, no, no, not sleeping on him.
2: No, I mean, we're just he, we're just waiting to see what he looks like when he comes back. That's right, that's, no, and it just shows boss, the depth you know. of the
3: system. Eater's nasty, but
2: you know four
0: four is fair. Four is four is fair. Um I would definitely say top five though. Uh four or five is okay. definitely fair. I would say five for me personally, four is definitely fair.
7: Let me ask you guys, uh we're gonna grade him now. Alex, what is your grade of the pick of Jacob Berry?
0: Um Honestly, I'm probably a little higher than a lot of people on here. I know I'm higher than Isaac and maybe mm-hmm. Ian, but I, I would probably go with a B minus for this pick for Miami. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's above average. Um, it's still a, this good is a near score. top
5: five pick, and you're saying B minus.
0: I'm, I'm gonna say B. You're B-. the one hyping him up. The that most hurts. B-. That hurts. I have a question. That hurts,
2: brother. Go That's no. no. I mean, Chicago's picking right now. I have a question. I have a question. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Holy crap.
6: How are you guys finding a
2: way to they complain about who? a guy who picked? I told you he's gonna go
6: early. I told you he's
2: gonna go early. Whoa, yo, there's gotta, yeah, it's someone stealing Brooks. Yo, Lee. It had it had been
3: been, I think Brooks Lee I, had some bad medicals. I, I told you, I told you to when we started. Oh, if Brooks, if it, Brooks Lee's, like Lee's gonna that.
5: fall, it's because of medicals. Um,
7: for those of you who don't know, Kate Horton was just chosen, um, by the Cubs, right handed pitcher, Oklahoma. Type of, of a switch hitter, Noah. You wanted to mention something really quick before everyone started talking at the same time. <laughs>
6: <laughs> it, how is everyone finding a way to complain about a guy who hit three who hit three seventy four sixty four OBP and a six thirty slug? I don't. How how are we it, finding a way to complain about that,
1: that? The concerns about the
6: what's the one thing? What's the one thing this team does not have right now? Hitting. Well, you don't
1: draft for need, Noah. You do not draft for need. But what else do you play? draft for? The best player <laughs> available best player available and the best That's player his- available was not him
3: yeah but i don't hate the pick mm-hmm. either. I, I give it a b minus as well b minus
6: or- i give it when an you a you
3: have a catcher and you have brooks lee a shortstop there who probably wouldn't see a short anyway but still you need infield depth you have a million i'm surprised That's i'm surprised crazy. i don't hate the pick at all by no means it was a it was a oh, fine
7: pick. you're great so we'll be handing out everyone's grade. i don't know if we have predictions so we could probably tweet out i'll, I'll give it a.
5: c i'll give it a c I won't kill. I won't kill it. You know, I don't think it's an F pick, but it's it's. We'll say it's a C. I won't C minus, maybe.
7: What, what's your grade of this pick, Hector? Well, the Marlins. Oh, you're mm-hmm. muted. You muted me? <laughs> nope. There you are. There you go. I think you muted me, man? <laughs> Damn, I have just- No, I don't. I don't have. I don't have that kind of power here.
6: me I'll admit that.
7: Did you <laughs> mute the I went on
4: mute for some reason too. Because
6: everyone was talking all over each other.
4: Um,
2: Hector,
7: you're great for Jacob Berry. I'll
2: give it a B. I mean, I got to see him a little bit when he played against Florida for when it was LSU Florida. I mean, the prospect that I came away with that was the best one was Dylan Cruz. Which, if the Marlins continue on the on the trajectory they're on right now, he could be their pick next draft. But it could, you know, I think Jacob is a fine player. I think, I think a lot. You know, the only thing is, it's a it's a risky pick because if he's not like a big time. You know, hater the major league level. It's probably it's not going to be a great pick. You know, I think you had other guys available. You had Kevin Parado, who I do I do like a lot. I think the ACC baseball is better than the Pac-12. You do have a you know you do have another guy in Berksley, but I mean, if Kate Horton's going seventh overall, I think medicals are you know are probably yeah. why. Which if if their reasoning is, hey, look, we like the kid, we like everything about him, but when we saw the medicals it really you know second made us second guess. I would understand because you know this is you know you're making a big time investment, and I think Mega Barrier might be you know you might be able to get them either slot value or a little bit less, which could help you later on down the road. Because I mean, we're only talking about the first round today, but I mean there's still other draft picks. We, well, you know, know later have, tonight, the second round yeah. is later tonight. We yeah, have a second. Yeah. Miami has a second round pick, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. You know, they have a lot of draft picks. So you know what? Maybe you know they take. They feel comfortable enough with Jacob Berry. They know that they don't have to sign him for a huge amount of money, and they could still possibly get other guys that fell a little bit because teams were worried about signability issues. So, and like I said, Jacob Berry, I think he'll be a fine baseball player. Um, You know, Andrew Vaughn type player. I think, and look, even Andrew Vaughn, they figured out how to how to play right field. He wasn't a great right fielder, but he, you know, he was able to fake it for a little bit. So, you know, I'm not going to completely shut the door on Jacob Berry. I'm not surprised. I'm actually – I finally got one right, guys. You know, that was in the mock draft. It was simply because tomorrow's not going to be available. And for the longest time, all I've heard was it's going to be a college guy. At that point, it was either Kevin Parada or Jacob Berry. And they decided to go with Jacob Berry. I just feel like they feel more comfortable with him in that situation. And maybe something they are has.
3: dropping for a need because obviously Barry's better against left-handed pitching. The major league team is not good against left-handed pitching. So
1: <laughs> that's that's I'm gonna say. I don't like that the tone that Mish uses. Oh, he could be up here as soon as next year. Yeah,
5: that's yeah. what I was yeah. gonna say. Mish, Mitch hyping up a tweet with Vaday and Barry in the same tweet makes me <laughs> <Would giggle. it? laughs> that makes me giggle, bro. No, <laughs>
7: <little> oh. <laughs> he's trying to get close with his big pieces
5: already. Big
7: uh, pieces. He's pieces. trying, Grant, he's trying to know. find a way out. What are your grades, really quick, for I Kevin, Mitch, and Grant, and Eli? What are your what are your picks for Barry, really quick? Um,
4: I'm gonna give it a B because then again, we've been told that they needed a college bat, and I do agree. It's just I'm a little disappointed just because Brooksley was on the board, but then again, probably medicals scenario. So I think it was a fine pick. It was fine. I'll give it a B. Kevin?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go B as well. It's a good pick. I would have preferred the guy that Isaac wanted, Brooksley. There yep. a couple. Yeah, maybe Parada would have been a nice pick. It was a little bit iffy there because of a, he's a catcher. But hey, man, if if this guy's the switch hitting Andrew Vaughn without the racism, I'll take it any day.
7: Ah. Eli,
1: um, what is your grade for Barry? C minus. Wow. I do not. I do not like it, but yeah. it's you know it's it's not crazy. It's not a crazy indefensible yeah. pick, but I'd exactly. Probably, I. Exactly. I, I liked I have a couple of the, the other alternatives. You I think What's I'm your cool, grade,
3: Daniel?
7: Uh, B minus, uh, I think I gave it a, gave it a B minus as well. well it, if we don't have any predictions, I guess we could tweet out our grades or something like that. Or, but B minus for Barry, uh, I think Brooks Lee would have been the guy. Some guys, some people had him number one. I think Brooksley Lee would have had a um, really great pick here for Miami. Um, but I wanted to ask a question here from the chat from Anthony Manzano. He asked if this is going to be an underslot draft pick with Jacob Barry. Is he a guy that underslots so they can pick? Um, Sign more guys later. It's
4: just right, really. This is about the range that most expected him to go. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It could be a little advantage. bit
2: less. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to sign for like under a million less. But maybe you know a couple of tens okay. thousands of dollars. I wouldn't expect anything major, um, because yeah. if he the pick at six, I think he would have fallen down to like eight or nine. So look, if you look at the eight or nine range, that might be what he signs with the Marlins. Uh, you know, for the with the six pick. So like I yeah. said, $1,000, I wouldn't say a hundred or $200,000 more, just a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's a good point uh, by Anthony that the pool is definitely going to come into this for the rest of this draft for Miami. So I, I definitely think that it's near slot. I don't think it's very much under slot at all. Like if you're expecting it to go way under slot, that's not going to happen. I think this is probably either right at slot or very slightly under. And I think the Marlins are definitely taking that into account as they approach this draft with the pool that they have. So. Yeah, uh, it's a great question, but I, I wouldn't expect it to go too
6: far under a slot for me.
7: Yeah. Yes, Noah?
6: I have a mini rant here. Yeah, What's Noah. the? Pro- I don't understand what the issue is with drafting for a need. What's the point of drafting if it you're not hard. drafting on, for Noah. something? You- What's the point of drafting if you're not drafting a player that you need? They needed a third. They obviously needed a third base DH guy. They needed. They needed a bat that could hit against left-handers. They needed a
3: third base DH guy. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's I'm way saying, too specific. I'm saying from from their perspective, if they see that they needed this guy, what's the problem with going and getting him? Eli they needed Baker. somebody who could hit against left-handers. Mm-hmm. nobody in this organization can hit against left-handers anymore.
1: Well,
4: Eli,
3: you're muted, by, by the way.
4: You're also not trying to draft like right away for the MLB team. Like so much can happen in the farm system in just a two three year span. It's like I mean, right now we need an outfield. We need a center fielder. we weren't going to go draft Elijah. Green and go plug him in right away. Like th- these guys have to develop. Yeah, you have to look at like the longevity, of The
1: NBA draft. It's not like you draft. Why I answer the question? It, the simplest, as you touched on, the simplest reason is because none of these guys are direct to the big leagues. None of them. None of them. And optimistically, some of them could get up one calendar year from now. That is an absolute best case scenario. And that's usually for like pitchers and not even somebody like this. So you don't know exactly what you are going to need when this player is ready to break through to the major leagues. And you also, these players, because there are surprises. There Brooks. And there's Brooks. Lee. Uh, Bro-
4: Brooks twin. Twins. Wow.
1: There are surprises during the development in terms of what positions these guys play. Sometimes they do surprise you in pleasant ways with tools you, they have that you didn't think they had and vice versa. Like The profiles change a lot. J.J. Bladet is a much different type of hitter than he was coming out of the draft a few years ago. That's just one example based on the way that they developed him and mm-hmm. based on some of the decisions he made on his own during his developmental process. It is so unpredictable that you just draft the best player available and you're going to be able to find room for them if that player succeeds during the development process and gets up quickly you can always find room for well let's say above average starting players and in the top of the first rounds that's what you're hoping to get you're hoping to get somebody that's at least an average starting player you're not dreaming about stars you don't go into the draft expecting to get a star that is not realistic you look for somebody that you know is going to make your team meaningfully better if everything goes right with their development and you don't worry about the particulars.
6: So I have a follow-up question. With uh, Jacob Berry and Brooks Lee, which one do you think overall makes the team better in the long run? Brooks Lee. Brooks Lee. I like Brooks Lee as a prospect. Obviously the team thought differently.
5: (laughs) Yes.
3: Also, also
6: (laughs) remember the
5: name Aaron Aaron Sabato.
3: Five years they've been doing Ooh. great, Noah, with their decision made. But I never they're said they're better. doing great, okay? So then I don't be like, oh, well, obviously the team felt different. Um,
7: but let's get off this topic. I wanted to ask you guys, um, who do you guys see the Marlins, even though it's 40 picks away? Uh, who who do they target? What type of player are they targeting with the 40th, you know, type 40th pick? Well, what kind of players are even available they should go for a
3: center fielder, right? Just kidding. No, I'm lucky. <laughs> Oh, how Alex. about
7: uh TJ
4: McCants? Um, we've been bringing that name up a lot. We already have Jordan McCants in the team. system. Um, I we the, was need he him.
3: eligible this year? I didn't even know.
4: Yes, no, he won agree. the College World Series with Ole Miss. Uh, so oh, come on. am shaking it, so. his head.
0: Come on, I, I, I will not have TJ McCants slander, Ian. So I want to hear your thoughts on TJ McCants. Go ahead.
5: <laughs> you think we should draft TJ McCants in, <laughs> in the second round?
0: Maybe not in the second round, maybe not the second round, maybe, maybe. Third it'd be round. a value i mean make, it's, it's it not is. slander yeah
5: it's not slander but i just don't think like if you think we're driving jacob barry and tj mccannson yeah the first i was kidding i put it in a, I, a a fat F- I was kidding
0: and, and um, I kidding. And um a, third round,
5: but no third i mean there's no, no, I, and i also don't think he's eligible i think he's 23 eligible i don't know if he's this year eligible.
3: and he also had an ops of 734 this year
1: <laughs> well okay okay quickly with hector i know in your final mock for the marlins when you went through First, what, six rounds, you chose right-hander Peyton Pellett from Arkansas as the second rounder. So just as one example, why do you think he yeah. would be somebody that made sense at 46?
2: Well, I think the Martins probably go arm here. I could see him going prep arm. Like one guy that I did mention earlier in one of my mocks, if he's available, he'd be a great pick there, J.R. Ritchie out of Washington. You know, he's actually at the draft right now. I think that would be a really nice pickup for them if he decide. you know, if the Martins – if he's available in the market, decide to take him. Um, basically, you know, if you just look at the past couple of drafts, they have a mold with pitchers. They look at guys with power fastballs, power breaking pitches, and they look to develop that third pitch, that changeup, and that both those guys kind of fit that mold. Um, Payton had, you know, before the Tommy John had a fastball that can reach 99, but, you know, was sitting 94, 96. He he was going to be the ace at Arkansas and Arkansas would have been a much they were still a great team but they would have been a much better team if he was their Friday night guy and i just look at him i mean the Marlins haven't been opposed to taking an injured pitcher you know a couple years ago they took the the lefty i'm blanking on the kid's name right now but you know i'm going to be surprised if they make a move something like that basically because they they've already seen what he's capable of as an arm and You know, before the injury, he was looking really good at Arkansas during the fall games, and I'm pretty sure the scouts got to see, got to see, you know, what he could potentially be.
7: All right, and well, with that, we'll leave everyone here. This is a great place to to end it. The Marlins still draft tonight, forty six pick. That'll be way later in the night. We won't, we will have the reaction, but we won't be live there covering it for you guys. Um, This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think the hype has been worth it. Um, I just I think it was one of our best streams yet this year, despite all the craziness. I, I think that's really brought <laughs> it, especially with that Kumar Rocker pick and now Jacob Bear. I want to thank everyone for coming on. I want to thank Hector, Ian, Isaac, Kevin, Grant, Eli, Alex, Noah, who apparently isn't here right now. Um, no matter what, no matter who they pick, always thank you for watching and go fish.